0: What's a parental, what would be a good parental Byronism? You, you sort of had one already, but I'd like to hear more of them. Like, if your child cannot swim or ride a bike, or and ride a bike. Was
1: it and? Yes. Swim and ride a bike by the age of nine. Yeah, because swimming, you know, like water can literally kill you. It and, can. And then riding a bike, I mean, come on. A what, bike can kill you. What kind you. of self-respecting adult doesn't know how to ride a bike?
0: I know one that's about to be an adult. <laughs>
1: Are you thinking of who I'm thinking of?
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Whom I love dearly, but who nevertheless cannot ride a bike. I will say my parents did not make sure that I learned how to swim. They didn't? No. I think I made the all-star baseball team one year, and I think my parents felt like my brothers needed something to maybe – Help them feel better about that. Which that was the first year that we played. I was the only one who made all stars. They made all stars after that. So it's not like they were bad at baseball or something. They they didn't play ball like girls. So they held your head underwater. Is that what no this goes? no? Um, <laughs> my mom would take my brothers to swim lessons, and I would sit by the pool while they had
1: lessons. <laughs> <laughs> like you were the shoot for you. She's like it's too late. You just need to figure it out.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I think that it was just one of those things where my activity was. All-star baseball, and theirs was something else, hmm. like swimming. Yeah. And so I, I didn't learn how to swim. Still can't. I mean, I dog paddle a little bit. Can you survive?
1: Can you make it to the edge of a pool if you fell in? Yes. That's, that's, that's okay. something.
0: I can dog paddle enough that I would still go cliff jumping in college. All right. That'll work. But it took me a while to get back to shore. Everybody else like, jumped 10 times by
1: the time I got back to shore. I'm not saying you've got to be good, as good as Leah Thomas or something. Welcome to Deutero Cannons. I'm Byron, and with me as always is Justin. Party on, Justin. Party on, Byron. How was that? It was livelier, right? Very lively. It was better than like, welcome to Deutero Cannons. You
0: could have gone the NPR route.
1: There we go. And this is episode, you know, I neglected to look again. It's 40-something. 40, I want to say it's like 45, 46. You know, if you're, if you're really tracking episodes, you can just look at the show notes, or, or I'm sure it's going to be... I mean, it'll be indicated in the title somehow. Anywho... And uh, let's see, uh, what, what's the normal things we say? Make sure you like, share, subscribe, tell a friend, and you can find us on uh, Apple Podcast, Spotify. I probably should say that. Audible. Because you, you, you weren't even aware we were on Spotify, right? Yeah, because there was a glitch with Spotify early on. And then uh, we were also on Amazon. Um, and so tonight, we are going to continue our discussion of the fruit of the spirit. We have, we're on the aspect of peace. So, man, I feel like, is there more things we need to say to intro? Did I miss something? We did the party on and all that stuff. There is another podcast that we are a part of. Oh, there you go.
0: We don't speak on it regularly, but we, there is the Allensville Church of Christ podcast, which Byron typically introduces. And today I contributed part of the introduction since I was the one who happened to be speaking at church uh, today.
1: And I, I actually preached last week, if you want to hear that, because uh, we didn't do Deuterocanons last week. So, who's yes, please check out both podcasts, tell a friend. And on that
0: podcast, it's kind of unique, because not only do we have current content, but we also have historic content. Uh, recently, we've been Byron has been posting sermons from the 1970s mm. that are taken from an old, I guess now antique, reel-to-reel player that
1: we have set up here in the Deuterocanons headquarters. Yeah, it's actually interesting. I didn't realize how much of a kind of a, a niche thing there is for uh, analog recording. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, definitely. And so, I mean, apparently there's folks who today still will master, put their master on a reel-to-reel just because there's something about the sound, which I mean, I think it looks like vinyl's kind of making a comeback as well. I was at uh, Target the other day and they have a lot of albums. Yeah, but vinyl's back at Walmart.
0: Right. <clears throat> so on the one hand, that makes me think that vinyl is in, and also it makes me think that vinyl is on the way out. Yeah. I don't really think it's on the way out because it's always been in to an extent. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I saw Chuck Norris merchandise show up at Walmart, I knew that the Chuck Norris joke
1: days were numbered. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know with vinyl there's a... <clears throat> There's like a warmth to the sound, is how I've heard it described before, sure. that, that people kind of desire, and I think, I mean, I can appreciate that, and I, I would assume there's probably some of that as well, uh, with real to Reel, um, you know, probably something that you're just going to always be lacking in a, in a digital format, so. So I check out the Allensville Church of Christ podcast for both current and historic sermons. There we go. All right, so continuation of our talk on the fruit of the Spirit, so this week we're moving on to the aspect that is peace. Uh, I don't have a question for you per se. I'm actually kind of excited to get to this one, though, and we've talked about this one a little bit in the past because uh, I think the definition it, they have in here is interesting. Um, so we're going to start with that. Um, what it has in here is harmony in all relationships. Man, I guess I do have a question for you. Well, I don't have a question for you. I'm not going to ask you this question because I'm pretty sure it was you who said it way back when in a sermon, I, and I use this with the kids downstairs always the kids downstairs and so uh so i asked them the same thing and i asked the young man who who is supposed to be speaking on this one you know if he had to define peace uh how would he define it or or perhaps what would be a worldly definition and kind of as i assumed he would his what he went with is uh an absence of conflict
2: Mm -hmm.
1: which again like i said i believe you talked about that before where uh how that just at least Uh, As far as the Bible is concerned, that that is not the case. Merely having a lack of conflict doesn't mean that you have peace.
0: Right. It's not simply an absence of a negative. It's the presence of a positive. Okay. And the particular positive uh, that we think about in in peace. So in Hebrew, shalom, Mm -hmm. and the Arabic, salam. Yep. So it's like, why would that be a greeting? I mean, it would be weird to say, hi, no fight.
1: (laughs) Right. No, it's it's this
0: this unless this you live wish. in that part of the world, maybe. I don't well, know. yeah, yeah. It's it's this benediction, this this wish, this desire for completeness. Okay. For you might say health and wholeness. Yeah. And just general complete, far-reaching.
1: Yeah. Goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me what you think of this, because here's what I think is interesting about um, this definition, and I, I guess I will say this. I think as as it pertains to the biblical definition, it's evident that it's not an absence of conflict. Uh you know what, I'm going to I'm going to hold that thought because we're going to get into that sure. in one of the scriptures. So I think it's interesting that they use the term harmony in all relationships uh as a musical person because in a way again that that makes sense to me. Um and so how how did I say that to them? So singing in harmony when we sing in harmony, we sing together. Yeah. Right. But when we sing in harmony, we're not singing the same thing that would be singing in unison. Right. And so I think it's, I guess, you know, I don't know if they thought that far into this, but it's interesting to me that it's not, you know, unity in all relationships Mm -hmm. or unison in all relationships, but rather harmony. Right. Because I think, and I guess some of this is coming to me as I'm, I'm saying it like, when we think about the church being one body, many parts, there's an understanding that we're different, you know?
0: Yeah, Paul's clear about that.
1: And so, again, it's interesting to me that we're saying harmony and not unity because we can be, we can have, we can be different, but it can still be complementary, if you will. Yeah, com- complementary is, is good. Or, you know, if you think harmony,
0: w- we also think compatible resonance.
1: Right, yep, as opposed to maybe dissonance.
0: Right, definitely as opposed to dissonance and also as opposed to silence because mm-hmm. absence of conflict really would be silence. Yeah. Silence and separation in all likelihood.
1: Well, if we take that, you know, man, so sticking with the music thing, because again, what we do is we take, let's say in our case, four-part harmony, we take four sounds and put them together in a way that is pleasing. Right. Right? And so when you have a dissonant chord, that means one of those, one of the four parts is, is off. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, it doesn't, at least one of the four parts at is off. At least one of the four parts is off. And so it doesn't uh doesn't fit together, you know? But then I guess the other thing is this is um when when you're singing in church and let's say we're we're lacking in one part, you also you, like you can hear that as well. Yeah, it's it's noticeable. Right. And so to your point about uh the, the silence thing, like if we were singing if 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 we sang every song and there was no bass, mhm um that's that's not <laughs> That's not necessarily pleasing. That's not as harmonious as it could be. Well, how about this? It's not complete. There you go.
0: Yeah. It, it, it comes right back to the idea of completeness.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so I guess we're keeping that in mind. So we we have any issues with that? that no, that, that's okay. I, I think, think it's a pretty good relationship.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to uh, grumble <laughs> about that too much like I did with their definition of love. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, so um, the first one, I think this is pretty interesting too. We're going to go to Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. And while we turn there, I, we've been saying "they," referring to some sort of material that
0: you have in front of you. So, how about for those keeping score at home, you uh, you, you remind
1: everybody what that what that is? Yeah. yeah while I try to find Isaiah, uh, so what this is is there's a matrix in my Bible in the uh, same same opening with Galatians five and six, and so it's a matrix of the fruit of the spirit, and then it has each aspect listed. It has a definition, and then it has it broken down as attributes of God and attributes of Christians. And so what we've been doing is working through this matrix. We've already done love, we did joy, and now we're on peace. And so what we're doing now is we're going to go through the verses that describe peace as an attribute of God. So the first one was Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. And Isaiah 9, 6 through 7, this is a pretty well-known verse. In fact, I want to say you have quoted it. If not this week, it was last week.
0: All right, you want me to read that? Yep, go ahead. Okay. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace.
1: Okay. And then seven? Oh, of
0: the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with ju- with judgment and justice from that time forward even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts
1: will perform this. Okay, so we see peace twice in that set of verses. So the first time we see it is Prince of Peace. Um, and so, again, some good thoughtful discussion that we had in class is if we take that worldly definition of peace and insert that in there, that would make uh, who we're talking about here, who we know to be Jesus or God, the prince of no conflict. That's pretty boring. Yeah. Well, it's also not true, though. It's it's also, yes, hence the boredom. Right. Because things that aren't true ultimately are boring. And so, you know, kind of what we discussed is, is think of any interaction that Jesus had with I mean, think of the Pharisees, mm-hmm. brood of vipers, you know, you hypocrites.
0: I mean, and think about the, the implications of brood of vipers. Yeah. Like that's that's a deeply offensive and, and very specifically targeted mm-hmm. critique that Jesus
1: had. Are you saying like it's tied to, to Satan?
0: Well, it's, it is tied to Satan on, on the one hand, but, you know, brood, a brood is the children. Okay. So the children of of snakes, you know, a snake isn't is, isn't even a reptile, right? So it's not even he doesn't even call them sons of female dogs, right? It's it's even more serious than that. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're they're reptiles. They hatch from eggs. They crawl on their bellies. I was saying, they, how they, much lower can you get? Right, literally, th- there is no there is no lower. Yeah. So that's it's no wonder they they wanted to kill him yeah you know when when he was saying things like that about them right of course true things right things yeah righteous things in fact in the circumstances
1: yeah but I think that's interesting because if, if we take it the other way and um, with with the definition we have in here so instead of being the prince of no conflict he's the prince of bringing harmony to all relationships right well then ultimately that 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 makes more sense because even in that interaction, ultimately there will be harmony, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe that maybe that ends up being some people coming into tune, yeah, right, coming into pitch, or we just move remove some notes from the chord. Let's say. Well, and you wouldn't have to. Well, of
0: course, bad notes could be removed from a, a dissonant chord to to decrease the the dissonance. There could be addition of harmonious notes in the chord. Yeah. Uh, But I also think about the connection between that, that idea and a pruning, Mm -hmm. you know, the uh, limbs or branches, vines that don't bear fruit. Yeah. Are cut off like a bad guitar, guitar string would be changed. Right. Like, well, we're getting rid of that one Mm -hmm. and we're putting a good one on. Yeah. And then that one's going to get tuned up.
2: Mm hmm.
1: So uh, let me ask you this because I, I guess I keep coming back to it. I, I remember taking a music appreciation class and uh, they talked about the history of music and how, um, like many things, uh, the church kind of pioneered music much like they did science and a lot of things mm-hmm. that they don't necessarily get credit for anymore. And so um, when you look at listen to early classical music, there were notes that were off limits because mm-hmm. the church believed that Probably, I'm guessing probably like more minor and, and dissonant sounding. Specific chord. notes or, or chords or both? Uh, probably both. Huh. Maybe it's chords. But those weren't. And so so that music, you know, and maybe I should have done a little research before I, I brought this up. But, you know, some of the earlier classical music was uh, brighter and happier because it had to be like major chords. Yeah. 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 Um, but like I gotta admit like sometimes I hear a song and that minor chord or that dissonant chord like I like it. right
0: so i'm not I'm not exactly a, a music theory guy, even though I, I enjoy music a lot and I've played it for for a number of years mm-hmm. it are minor chords dissonant uh, uh, is, is, is that is that the proper way of like when I think of a dissonant chord, I think of playing a chord and throwing in a note that doesn't belong in the key signature.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe dissonance is not the best term for it. But it's not like a straight uh, three-note chord like a G or a C. Right. You know? Man, I, I, w- I wish my brother
0: Mike were were, were on this Hold because on he's he's a little bit of a uh, music theory. I don't want to say snob.
1: Can you hear that? Yeah. So that's an E major. Right that's an e, e minor, minor. Doesn't right. that doesn't that sound a little bit more it's dark not yes yeah, I, I think of you know dark versus bright this is out of tune
0: man I just realized that we're no longer an acapella podcast <laughs> oh no
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's an electric guitar folks that's why you can't hear an it. an electric guitar not plugged into anything like that that was that was that was an electric guitar being played sans amp Okay, all right. Byron's grabbing a pick. Sorry. It is true that Deuterocanon's headquarters does feature three electric guitars and a Marshall half stack.
1: Oh, now I'm all wrapped up in this thing.
0: All wrapped up, all tied up, all tangled up in cord. Uh,
1: headphones. Right. So E major, E minor. So that's not necessarily
0: dissonant, though. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that it's dissonant. Yeah, I think of major as being bright and as uh, uh, minor as being like dark, like night and day.
1: Right. So, which I
0: mean, there, there, there's a place for night and day, but there's not a place for dissonance. Mm-hmm.
1: So, so I, I, say-
0: well, I just said there's not a place for dissonance. I think there's not a place for dissonance, but I'm saying that as I'm thinking it.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, I also think, you know, with the kids when they're doing tin whistle. And you know when everybody's just kind of blowing their oh that, that's awful cacophony yeah cacophony yeah. is exactly right <laughs> that is from the devil, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a bunch of kids with with uh, tin whistles, <laughs> yeah bad bad news yeah okay so so where where were we going with that so where were we going with that so I, I guess that the point the primary point I wanted to make is that idea of if peace or the absence of conflict well okay I think we know that at the very least the Bible's definition. The 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 like the Lord's definition of peace and what some people would say peace is the worldly definition are not the same thing. Exactly, because we know God and Jesus are not the Prince of No Conflict, mm-hmm. based on some of the interactions we we see um, between between again Jesus and church leaders. Pretty much Jesus and any church leader of the time. Yeah. Oh, and so you were talking about
0: how the the church. I guess maybe the Catholic Church at a certain point in history, uh, sort of declared certain notes and or chords, yeah, off limits, mm-hmm. and so a certain era of classical music is dominated by. Well, yeah, I guess what I was major saying, key
1: compositions. Yeah, I guess what I was saying is is, man, maybe making too much of a semantic argument here. Like, if that's founded, or if there is maybe maybe in the metaphorical sense, right? Like, um, is there a place for like some minor?
0: Yeah. So th- yeah, that's, that's where you were going with that. And you were saying that there are songs and minor keys that you, you appreciate or I mean, that, 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 resonate with you. And I think that that's perfectly legitimate. It's kind of like I was talking about night and day. The night has a place and the day yeah. has a place. If you, if you listen to Jewish music, there's a whole lot that's minor key, yeah. And, and th- th- there are also, I mean, if you listen to, to Middle Eastern music, which is also, I think echoed in, so, to a, to a large extent in the music of India and even the music of, of, of Ireland. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, if you listen to like kind of really, really traditional Irish, really, really traditional Middle Eastern, really, really traditional Indian, yeah. th- there's a, th- there's a similarity there that yeah. I wish I, I knew more to be able to, to really right. describe. But even in like the, 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 the tonality of It that they kind of hit some some like in-between notes like it's not exactly chromatic, right? Maybe that's maybe that's where I'm going Yeah, and and I think that there there is Something to that and I think that the songs in our blue book that are in a minor key, which are maybe just one or two are Are beautiful and they have they do have a a Darkness to them, but not an evil darkness yeah a uh it's like a seriousness yeah yeah a, like a, I,
1: I think of like abide with me or tis midnight and on olive's brow right mm-hmm. like I guess I I don't know if those are minor the, or the, not. they're 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 not but
0: I'm trying to think of uh the, the one song that I know of that that is minor mm-hmm. somebody can can drop that in a comment hymns in minor keys yeah that'd be a great help uh flee is a bird to the mountain okay is that one
1: or, or what about like you ever know? Uh, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And He will lift. Like, is that a? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'd have to look at the music, I guess. But
0: um, yeah, I, I, I think that that might be. And some of those uh, camp type songs or spirituals mm-hmm. uh, do do tend to be, yeah,
1: minor key. Um, okay, so uh, man, I guess. I think I'll get to the other points I want to make without making them here. Is there anything else we want to touch on with this? This idea of the prince of peace, prince of no conflict, prince of bringing harmony to all relationships?
0: Yeah, I think that there is another point here, because in in verse 7, right after it talks about how he will be called prince of peace, it says, Mm -hmm. of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Okay. So if you simply have an absence of conflict, there is a point at which that can end. Yeah. You know, as soon as everything that happens to exist... Doesn't have conflict. Well, then there can be no further increase of it. Mm-hmm. So whatever peace happens to be, it 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 must be something. It has to be something that has the ability to increase. And I think that that this verse right here is one that Christians definitely don't think about enough. Like the implications of of the increase of His government and peace. There will be no end. Yeah. So it's it's like you know there there are different opinions in the church. Right now, uh, especially in the Church of Christ, or if you look across other denominations, there, there's not exactly a universal agreement about the the extent to which Christ is involved in the government of the world. Okay. Currently, present tense. There's right. contention on that issue. Well, there are those who are contentious about it, and others who just completely ignore that idea. But if we think about that whatever the the level of involvement that Christ has in the governments of earth currently. Yeah. Which I tend to think is on the low side and that most governments are in rebellion uh, against what the Lord would have them to do, Mm -hmm. which would indicate a, a temporary with withholding of Christ's full sovereignty, Mm -hmm. let's say. Yeah. So whatever that level is now, it's going to increase mm-hmm. if we if we think about eternity and it's going to keep increasing and so that means that it would be actually scripturally impossible for Jesus to not physically rule over the earth yeah because if if his rule over over the earth were simply going to be quote unquote spiritual which ultimately re- means quote unquote not very real then there would be a point and, and if that if if god's kingdom Was really just a thing that's in heaven and then like, you know, the church is just kind of ambassadors of that on the earth If that doesn't increase to actually fill the whole earth like literally and physically Then this scripture can't be true Hmm. Because it says the increase of his government and peace will have no end So I think that this 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 presents a picture of the significance of Christ's peace as being something That is not simply eternal, but universal in nature. Mm -hmm. So that means even when Jesus comes back, so that that represents and it, it initiates an increase of his government and peace. But it also I don't think can stop with the earth because if Christ only ruled literally and physically over the earth and its inhabitants. Then it then it will have an end. Yeah, it's going to have to fill the universe apparently endlessly Okay. Otherwise, the government and peace have an end. There, there, there's a limit. And and this indicates, and, and this is, I think, one of the, the most central messianic prophecies. And mm-hmm. right in the middle of it, it's, okay, so this thing that we're talking about with Jesus, this government and peace will never end. That sounds great.
1: It's really good news. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me ask you this. Let's back up a little bit. What's the problem? What would be the problem with an, just an absence of conflict? Well, it's it's like I I said it's not it's not that it's a a, a problem,
0: but it's um, it, it's it's a definition via negation, mm-hmm. and and I don't and and that's not that's not how God operates. He doesn't operate in the realm of negation. He operates in the realm of affirmation. Mm-hmm. It's
1: it's why it says that,
0: um, in Him is the yes and the Amen.
1: Well I, I guess I, I you know I think in terms of maybe some of the the stuff that's going on in the world right now like what if uh Russia and Ukraine just decided to hang it up they're done hey we're we're we don't want to fight now or That's if, that's a good start. What if they uh what if they had never started fighting in the first place that, that also probably would have been good. So just a lack of conflict everything's everything all things are everything's good now but it can't stay that way.
0: Right. The thing is is that things grow, bad things grow into worse things and good things grow into better things. And so if there's not a, if there's not an active intentional movement, action, effort towards transcendent good, then what eventually happens is the breakdown of anything that is there that happens to be good. Right. So it's, it's not, it's not simply enough to have a patch of ground that's weed free. Mm hmm. Like that's not the goal of gardening, right? You take the you take out the weeds to plant the good stuff, mm-hmm. the, the good flowers, the, the the good the good vegetables, because I mean there there's there's no, there's no produce, there's nothing pro- produced literally, uh, just in bare weedless ground. But interestingly, <clears throat> if if we if we think about uh, what Satan's desire is for the earth. And, and if we try to intuit what his possible purposes are in the earth by looking at some patterns in what the bad guys say, as expressed in literature and in the media and in movies, what we will find is that there is a detest, a, a detesting of organic life. Mm-hmm. One of the ways that this shows up, though this is not the only way, but it it is a it is a very current way, is the uh, the growing obsession with artificial intelligence. Yeah, and statements from people all the way from Klaus Schwab to Elon Musk that humanity will have to integrate, like actually physically integrate with artificial right. intelligence, and what the dystopian novelists have have told us for a hundred years easily is that what that will lead to is a destruction, not simply of human life, but of all organic life. And that's kind of behind uh, the, the thrust starting well over a hundred years ago. Well, like 130 or 40 years ago for eugenics. Yeah. You know, like this, this purity concept, right. And also the hygienic movements, because Because the problem with, say, interracial marriage, for example, is that it's not hygienic. Uh, Hitler, when he when he started his persecution of the Jews, he didn't do it outright. He said that it was like he he enacted the first stages of the holocaust under under the guise of public health
1: measures, so he was weaponizing safety.
0: He was, yeah, he was weaponizing safety, and, and it was this, this idolization of hygiene, which really ultimately means a decrease and ultimately an eradication of organic life. Hmm. It's what Lewis is getting at with his book, The Abolition of Man, and it's echoed in that, in that hideous strength. But then we see, we see that th- those ideas clearly uh, expressed in the stuff coming out of the World Economic Forum in, in this push for artificial intelligence. Um, and so all of that is, should, should be uh, showing us that what Satan wants is the destruction, not simply of human life, but of the entire creation. And that goes back to the idea of negation versus affirmation. So peace is not the absence of conflict, just like good gardening is not the absence of weeds. It's the presence of that which is good which is what the forces of evil are trying to get rid of. I mean, they they would be glad with with uh with an absence of conflict temporarily if in the process you kill you kill off everything that happens to be
1: good. Well, I guess what what I'm working through though is I think the thing about their about peace not being the absence of conflict because an absence of conflict is not a thing that exists. Mhm. Uh just because we aren't physically aggressing towards one another doesn't mean we're at peace. Sure. I mean anybody who's married <laughs> any who's had a mar- has married and has asked their spouse, "What's wrong?" and they said, "Nothing." Knows that there's not there's not a lack of conflict there. Just because we're not fighting doesn't mean that there isn't conflict.
0: Yeah, and and of course when you say absence of conflict or you say the word conflict, I I do understand that you mean uh more than just hand-to-hand combat. Right. Let's say because there's I I mean shoot the life is predicated by struggle because of sin and conflict so absence of conflict can can't possibly be I mean even in the garden of eden there wasn't
1: an absence of conflict right well and, and I mean I guess we need to be I don't say be careful but but maybe maybe uh think about where where uh like a healthy level of contention or balance ends and actual conflict begins? Because, I mean, could you even say, like, when you're talking about a chord and harmony that those notes are, in a sense, pushing on each other? And it's just the fact that they, they push in balance somehow? I, I don't know if that's even, like, <laughs> if that's, like, in terms of physics or whatever, if that's if that's, pop, if that's correct, but... um,
0: Yeah, I, I wish that we could talk to somebody or, or maybe find something out about the... I don't know the, the the dynamics or like the the physics of of sound uh, of, of sound because yeah. that that might be that might provide some some interesting yeah insights but even aside from our our lack of knowledge on that topic if we if we recognize that because of the fall that conflict is inherent and it's I mean it's it's in the curse you know conflict is is clearly expressed in the curse, it seems like what we have to do is we have to pick our conflicts wisely. Yeah. Because if we are going to, for example, uh, and, and maybe we do, maybe we, we do get to choose more conflicts than what we, what we realize. because if we choose to fight thorns and thistles and weeds mm-hmm. and and we spend our energy doing that, well, that, that seems like that's a, a conflict that's, that's worthy.
1: Right. But I, man, and Again, still kind of working through this. And maybe it's not. So if if we choose not, if we have, if Russia and Ukraine choose not to aggress towards one another, it doesn't mean all is well. Right. So it may not be conflict in a physical sense. Or, I mean, same thing. If you have, if you and your wife have some things that need to be worked out, but you're just choosing not to address them. uh, Maybe you have quote unquote peace, but it's not a genuine peace it's a facade right right so yeah it's not the presence of that which is good yeah
0: it's a seeming surface level absence of particular bads but not necessarily all bads
1: like it's a superficial piece maybe right. maybe that's a good way of saying it we've we've, we've read one verse okay <laughs> two verses two verses well we've read one one passage in this uh uh okay this matrix the next one is ezekiel this might be a two-part series because we're, we're at 40 <laughs> minutes already. Okay, we're, next one is Ezekiel 34, 25. I, I don't recall what we took, what we might take away from this. I'll read this one. Ezekiel, what I say? 34, 34, 25. Yeah, 34, 25. It says, I will make a covenant of peace with them and rid the land of savage beasts so they may live in the wilderness and sleep in the forest in safety. Well, I guess my first question is, who is I? And who is they? Sounds like the Lord and his people. Okay, so we got that out of the way. I will make a covenant of peace with them and rid the land of savage beasts so that they may live in the wilderness in safety.
0: Oh, and look at the verse right before that, 24. And I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David, a prince among them, I, the Lord, have spoken. Okay. So that's interesting in in the context then of Isaiah. Because David, you know, David was dead by this point. Yeah. So it's either a resurrected David or the son of David.
1: Okay, I got a pretty good note here. It says, all of God's covenants aim at peace. See Genesis, Numbers, Isaiah, Malachi. This covenant, the new covenant spoken of by Jeremiah, looks to the final peace initiated by Christ and still awaiting final fulfillment the peace hebrew shalom envisioned here is that of a restored relationship with god and the secure enjoyment of a life made full and rich through his blessings none of the threats of life experienced under god's judgment will mar this peace okay so this covenant what, what what's there's something that caught me there looks the, the final peace initiated by christ final fulfillment okay So, I'm sorry, the peace or so shalom envisioned here is that of a restored relationship with God.
0: Oh, so I want to read 27 because this, I think that this speaks to um, what we were just talking about with the source of conflict. Yep. Uh, Then the trees of the field shall yield their fruit and the earth shall yield her increase. They shall be safe in their land and they shall know that I am the Lord when I have broken the bands of their yoke and delivered them from the land of those who enslaved them. Okay. So, <clears throat> so that clearly indicates an undoing of the curse mm-hmm. that, that I had just mentioned. Right. So in other words, so when that, when that curse is gone, then not only is the enemy gone, which ultimately, what, what, what did the scriptures say is the final enemy to be destroyed? Death. Death. So once that's dealt with the the final enemy is destroyed it's it's not simply that we have an absence of conflict it's that the absence of the final enemy and all of the enemies uh correlated uh henchmen and uh, sub-enemies whatever uh everybody who's on the side of of that enemy gone done away with utterly destroyed then there is room and there's opportunity for a good that wasn't previously possible. Okay. So, again, it goes back to your point. Peace is not merely absence of conflict. Right.
1: Um, okay. You got any other thoughts on that one? No, but that, that's that's a really good one. All right. Next we have John
0: 1427. Oh, is that a peace I... Peace I uh, peace I give you, my peace I leave you.
1: Yeah. Which, actually, you know, I might stop here and make a point. Well, we can read through this. I thought there's a scripture that prompted this thought, or it might have been just in our conversation. I'll probably, probably make another kind of tangential point. Yeah, so here
0: it is. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid.
1: So I guess... The Kind of our takeaway discussing that in class is the kind of thing you mentioned first and foremost is that here we see peace used as a greeting, which is customary in that part of the world. I right. mentioned the same thing. Salam, shalom. Both of those are, are peace. Um, but then also uh, this part here where he says, uh, I do not give to you as the world gives. Um I think it kind of affirms what we've discussed further earlier is this idea of the Lord's peace is not the world's peace. It is something else. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, Did you have a thing on that? Well, it did remind me
0: of particular manifestations of the earth's or the world's idea of peace. You know, thinking back to uh, Vietnam era Mm -hmm. protests, hippies and whatnot. And, and we see that, Simply being anti X or Y or yeah. Z can never
1: deliver on what it claims to desire. Well, and I guess that almost kind of goes to the point I was making earlier where, where uh, if you agree, like I do, if we were to just allow, uh, well, well if if we if you were to just to allow allow the things that happen in that part of the world to happen and just you know shut the blinds and ignore them that that, that it wouldn't at some point be a problem uh i just don't i don't think that that again i think that is a, a false peace not not engaging um not engaging in conflict uh doesn't mean that you will you you will, your your peace will be short term i guess is what i'm saying like if we have problems off somewhere that we choose not to engage with uh under the guise of i guess having peace in the here and now there's every possibility and again i think we know that if we think of just even our relationships if we leave those if those things go unspoken they're just going to fester and at some point there is going to be conflict i mean there is conflict there is conflict there you're just choosing not to engage in it i guess is what i'm saying Mm -hmm.
0: now there is some scriptural legitimacy to space Space between potential combatants. Yeah. Because I, it, it is possible that in certain situations, a superficial piece or a disarmed situation or, or a situation where there is space can be better than the alternative. Yeah. Uh, because I, I think you all have been reading in, your family has been reading in, in Genesis. Mm-hmm. And, and I've been going through that too and and multiple occasions that there's there's separation that occurs uh, between individuals in in those accounts in Genesis think about Abram Abraham and Lot right they they went their separate ways now uh the situation with Lot of course w- was not good for all sorts of reasons <clears throat> that we don't need to get into right now but that's not the only time where there was a separation for the purpose of uh, reducing the possibility
1: of direct confrontation. Well, and maybe that's what it comes down to, though. So back to the example with Russia-Ukraine. If they both decided we're not going to fight anymore, mm-hmm. then maybe that does work. It's but, a it's a start. But if you have time and space between somebody who is intent on having conflict with you yeah, and you're just choosing not to engage and calling that peace, that's not peace. Sure. It's going to be not peace at some point. You know, and I guess when I think of like the idea, if your brother sins against you, so we think about maybe our relationships in the church cause this, and maybe this is where we got to distinguish, right? Because we certainly see situations where Paul is saying these are not things you should fight over, right? You're getting too hung up on on these petty conflicts instead of going out and doing the things that you should, right? Right. And so, so we need to choose to not fight about those things. Because, uh, frankly, that's just part of, you know, existing with other people. On the other hand, if your brother sins against you, go to him.
0: Yeah, and it, it I think it's its also not just if a brother sins against, you know, uh, wh- whomever. Yeah. It's also if there's a brother caught in sin right. that might not necessarily uh, be directed at the individual making that contact. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting because then Proverbs is full of examples like this, you know, on on the one hand that there, there are the times when you have to answer a fool according to his folly. Mm -hmm. And then, then are the, there are the other times when it, so you've got to answer a fool according to his folly at times, because if you don't, if you don't answer a fool according to his folly, he will be wise in his own eyes. Mm -hmm. But then there's, it also says in another verse in Proverbs, if you answer a fool according to his folly then he'll be wise in his own eyes. And so it's like this, this two edged sword. Right. And so it's like, well, how do you, how do you know, how do you know when you address the fool or you ignore the fool wisdom? Right. And, and, and that, that really is what wis- wisdom is. Right. Yep. Yeah. That, that wisdom, that discernment and really wisdom is, is the, uh, the capacity to see accurately. Right. You know, it's yep. a vis, it's w i s. it's the same as V I S it's that, that root that we get from which we get vision. Um, so it's like picking one's battles really is as practical an application of wisdom as, as there is. Yeah.
1: Well, and I guess while we're on this theme, of, again, relationships, so this is something we discussed uh, as well, because the idea of this bringing harmony to all relationships, again, well, I, I think that's interesting because, again, inevitably, at some point in the future, God is going to bring harmony to all relationships. Right. And so, but it also seem, would seem to mean that if God is at the center of our relationships, we can have harmony in those relationships now.
0: Yes. Right? Well, as, as much as it's possible, as far
1: as far as it depends on you, yeah. live at peace with all men, which that's probably one of your verses. Uh, it's not, but that's a good one. I mean, because it kind of goes back to what we were just saying where, what, what I was just saying where... You might decide that you're going to be at peace with somebody, but mm-hmm. if they if they have not decided that as well, then there's not going to be peace. Right. It, right? It's it's innately uh, relational. Correct. Well, and, and so let's let's think about that. Like again, maybe like the 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 ultimate in relationships, at least as far as the world's concerned, or as far as as Christians are concerned, in, in marriage. I mean, you think about that. If God is like we say things like that, like you need to have God at the center of your marriage. But but why is that? keeping with this musical theme, if God is at the center of my, if God is not at the center of my marriage, those are just more dissonant notes that I'm introducing to that chord. And it's, you know, I guess it's, it's at the very least, it's going to be more difficult hmm. to have harmony. Or maybe even at, at, at <laughs> or they're just simply, there simply is not going to be harmony.
0: Well, sometimes har- harmony requires Addition and other times harmony requires deletion. Yeah And it requires wisdom to know what's necessary mm-hmm. to affect
1: affect with an a that is to cause yeah to bring about har- Harmony. That's that, I mean, that's such a good verse though. The whole as much as it is what, what is it as much as uh, As at,
0: much as possible as yeah. as far as it depends on you or yeah, to the extent that it is.
1: depends on you Be at peace with all men which kind of goes back to your point about wisdom, right? Yep. Perhaps my brother has <clears throat> sinned against me or maybe not even sinned against me. Let's suppose my brother does something that I don't particularly like. It's not necessarily the way I would do it this time. Does step. your brother listen to the podcast? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm talking brother in the church sense also, not literal brother. Brother or sister in Christ. Let's say they have a way of doing things that I don't necessarily agree with. Maybe that's something if I'm wise, I can just that's something I'm just going to have to put up with. That's Mm -hmm. not something that's worth creating conflict over. Yeah. But at some point there is going to be a situation where they or somebody else does something. And maybe even to your point where they don't necessarily have to do it to me. Right. So maybe, maybe the, maybe there's contention between he and I or she and I, because of the way they're treating somebody else. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's entirely possible. Yeah.
0: Uh, because that goes back to what Jesus said <clears throat> about dealing with a brother caught in sin. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the, the sin could be directed at you personally. Right. Or you could simply be within the, uh, I guess, the the radius of it, let's say.
1: Yeah. Well, and I, I, I guess what I'm saying, too, is like at some point, and I, I'm sure you've had this. I definitely have had this at work where I either... I know the time is coming where I'm going to have to have a conversation with somebody like we're going to have to have a, a confrontation or we're going to have to have a candid conversation and say a bunch of things to each other. Or I'm going to, as a leader, maybe have to say something to them that they don't want to hear. And it's going to be contentious. It's going to feel like a conflict, but if it doesn't get, if it doesn't get said, uh, certain behaviors are going to continue and, and and it just can't be like that. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, again keeping with this idea of it not being an absence of conflict it's almost as though in that case the conflict is what will will bring us peace
0: uh, yeah i th- i think i i think i agree with you but also since conflict is be- again because of sin conflict is is going to happen i mean it's like you know the the garden's going to grow weeds mm-hmm. you can clean it all out and put good stuff in there and bad stuff is still going to come up. That's just how it works in a fallen world. Right. And so because of that, I, I guess I see that there's conflict that might be somebody's fault. And then there's conflict that just kind of happens. Yeah. Entropy, you might say. Right. Like relational entropy.
2: Yeah.
1: But, uh, it, but how
0: we, how we deal with those things, regardless of the, the source Requires wisdom, probably more wisdom than what we naturally possess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. More wisdom than I naturally possess.
1: Well, like, let's think of uh, Jesus clearing out the temple. Yeah. Conflict? Absolutely. Okay. Righteous? Righteous. Yeah. Okay. So we can have righteous conflicts. Yep right. Yeah. In fact, you might say that we need to have righteous conflicts.
0: I mean, tr- how many pages do you think you can go in the gospels without coming across conflict? None. None pages. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe one or two at at a time, but Jesus faced conflict and opposition on a daily basis. Yeah. Because e- even if he wasn't facing I mean, and there there's multiple conflicts. There's you know, we probably think first of all about external conflict. The fact that the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes, the teachers of the law, the priest, uh, yada, 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 were against him. Yeah. So that's external conflict. But of course, there's internal conflict because he was tempted in every way like we are. Yeah. And yet was without sin. How how does a person successfully counter sin without internal conflict? Right. I mean, that's... Well, I that's
1: definitionally true. Well, I also think that's just the nature of story, right? Like how many stories have you read about an ordinary day where nothing went wrong, right? Well, I think it's not I think it's I think
0: it's the other way around. I don't think it's the nature It's well it is the nature of story, but it's the nature of story because it's the nature of Human existence in a fallen world. Yeah Because it's not that
1: life mirrors stories. It's that stories mirror life. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like the reason I think we tri- we we turn so few pages where there's a lack of conflict is because, uh, man, <laughs> I'm I saying like those are those are we wouldn't learn anything from those. I mean, I guess we would learn things from those, and it, it wouldn't be an accurate portrayal with without there being frequent,
0: even daily conflict, either internal, external, or both. Right. which is, which is why I've been uh, in like most of the communion meditations that I've given over the last few months, which I don't think I I do it every month because thankfully we have enough, like we have so many people who are, who are able to like, I don't have to do it every month. Yeah. You know, it's probably like every six weeks, but for a while I've been looking at scriptures that have something to do with uh, giving us insight into Jesus's motivation. Yeah. Because it's, it's, we're going to face conflict so the way that we deal with conflict is determined by our motivation yeah right like
1: like what exactly are we striving towards well i actually let me let me just say one thing too i i'm reading through numbers right now okay and uh man <laughs> can read through numbers you can definitely understand the lord's frustration like these guys couldn't couldn't think <laughs> They weren't happy unless they were complaining about something. You yeah, know, well, I mean Exodus too, right? Does that mean? But but certainly we're, there were periods in between these stories where maybe there wasn't a lot of go, a lot going on. Uh, but uh, I guess what am I saying here? One of the things we'll say in my job, or you'll hear people say, is this is a no fail event, right? Hmm. Which means, oh yeah, okay, th- this is a no fail event, meaning. It can mean one of two things. There's no way you can fail it, right? Sure. Like if I'm taking it, this is a, I'm taking a test and it's a no fail event. You might you might think that means oh so there's no way to fail this test, or what it means is no this there's no way this fails. If this fails, somebody's gonna fry, right? That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but the problem is is when we have an environment where people aren't allowed to fail, we are robbing ourselves of valuable lessons that would not be otherwise learned.
0: Right, because the conflict is arbitrary. What do you mean? Well, it, if failure is, is actually not possible, yeah, then all of the conflict is arbitrary. Let, let, let's say that there's a, you know, you're, you're walking a tightrope. And, I mean, you know, if somebody's doing tricks, you know, that's cool and everything. But a person's walking a tightrope. But there's a, think about the difference between a, a net being underneath as opposed to a net not being underneath. Mm-hmm. So if, if, I ha- if I have to walk a tightrope yeah, and there's no net... Right. All of the conflict is very real and literal and specific and and pressing and immediate. Mm -hmm. But if I'm not, well, it's it's just it's arbitrary. It's like, well, why am I why am I even doing it? I mean, like you might say, if if a kid is not permitted to if if a school is is uh, is organized in such a way that children literally are not permitted to fail. And if the kid really does fail. Well, we're really just gonna kinda of pretend like the kid didn't fail and just right. kind of shuffle the kid on through yep. uh the uh the feedlot, let's say. Yeah. Well then the any any hardship regarding any testing or assignment or work at all yeah. is it's fake. It's fake. It's yep. it's totally arbitrary. There's there's no it yeah, it's just
1: Disneyland. Like any any mature adult realizes that there is inherently something wrong with a consequence-free world. It's impossible for there to be a consequence-free world. Right. Well, be- yeah, exactly. Because in the beginning... The consequences it, it, aren't realized maybe necessarily in the moment in, in the situations you're describing, but there are consequences. Right. And so
0: so to, to posit a consequence-free world or even a consequence-free relationship... Yeah. I, I mean, everything from stuff that the government does to stuff that schools do to, I don't know, like a stupid hookup one night stand thing yeah. in a bar, you know, consequence free sex. Mm-hmm. That's a fiction. Right. And as soon as a person tries to force a fiction by means of some technique. Yeah. On other people slash the world in general, it's witchcraft. hmm. Like, like, like we talked about before, like that's, that's what it is. Yeah. Witchcraft is the technique by which I force my fiction on everyone else. Mm hmm
1: which I feel like kind of goes in line with what I'm saying. There's no such thing. There's no such thing. There's no such thing as an absence of conflict. Right. I mean even look at the I think we're going to stop at attributes of God. We got more one more verse here. Okay. If you look at if you think about the Old Testament, right? Like there are there are good stories and there are bad stories, but there is conflict in both. So yes. when we see the Israelites complaining about eating nothing but manna, yeah, and God punishing them or or you know the guys that try to kind of overthrow Abraham, or sorry, overthrow Moses and Aaron, mm-hmm. right? Like, and the earth sw- which happened more than once. Core the- right. is rebellion, yep. right? Yeah. yeah, and the earth swallows them up. That is an example of conflict and example of a lesson learned from failure. Yeah. Or, or the or the conflict
0: against Jericho. Yep, and 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 how all of that played out you might think well there's no conflict all they had to do is walk around and blow trumpets and shout and the walls came tumbling down mm-hmm. well how about just going ahead and, and doing that and, and like you know the the soldiers certainly experienced internal conflict like yeah like, um, hey Ephraim is uh, you think this is going to work I mean like I know we got the ark and everything but like we're just going to like walk around and blow trumpets and shout and Ephraim's like yeah, man it's it's what it's what God said, like jo- Joshua said to do it. So I, I mean, I guess I guess we're doing it.
1: Well, even think about that. You know, when they they sent the spies across the river and they they did their recon of the yeah, land and came exactly. back, and they're like, we can't go over there. Like the, to to simply choose not to engage.
0: Right. And Joshua didn't say, oh yeah, we can go over there because there won't really be any conflict. Right. He's like, yeah, they're yeah the the Nephilim, they really are there. They're huge, and yeah, it's true. Everything the guy said is true. Except the part about us not winning. Yeah. Like, the Lord is with us. We can win this conflict. Yeah. But then also after Jericho, there's... So there's good conflict in Jericho. Mm-hmm. There There's conflict that's predicated on obedience to God. Yeah. And then we get to the very next story, and it's the defeat at Ai. Yeah. Where we had... Yep. Um, was it Achan?
1: Yep. Achan has the gold in his tent. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. So that's the wrong I mean, he dealt with internal conflict in the wrong way and it it actually led to defeat in the external conflict.
1: Okay, so we got one more verse here in Hebrews 13:20. Let, let's let's maybe just recap the verses we've done. We'll read this last one and then we'll we'll wrap it up for this week cuz we're at an hour 4. That's minus banter, so we're pushing like I don't know 55 minutes right now. So, we first verse we read was Is Israel Isaiah 9, six through 7 so that was where it talks about uh the prince of peace and the uh of the increase of his government increase and peace of his government, or be no end so again kind of our takeaway or at least one of our takeaways there is that uh, we know that peace being an abs- absence of conflict in that verse alone cannot be true because God is not the ab- the the well what am i saying here he is certainly the god of completeness but we see situations where uh you know where where there is conflict a, a, let's say a righteous conflict um particularly when we look again in the new testament jesus interactions in the temple with the pharisees so on and so forth then we read ezekiel 34 25 where it talks about peace uh from the savage beasts and in the wilderness what was our takeaway there
0: yeah so that that's that's referring to uh Really, I think that's talking about the same thing as the the passage in Isaiah. It's talking mm-hmm. about the peace that God has in store for those who choose to try to deal with conflict now in, in a righteous way, like the, and the ones who who look forward to Jesus coming back. Then we had John fourteen twenty seven. My peace, I, I leave with you. My peace, I give you. Or peace, I leave with you. My
1: peace, I give you. And I give not as the world gives. I give not as the world gives. Yeah. Where again. This seems to be something other than uh, than the world's version of peace, let's say, and now we're going to Hebrews thirteen twenty.
0: Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the, the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Okay. So what, what do we think here? Well, I think that this this passage, or this these verses are important, if for no other reason, because it speaks to completeness in the context of Jesus defeating death. Yeah. Final enemy.
1: Well, you know, this note here says too, um it says a title for god used frequently in the benediction so the god of peace uh it cites several verses then it says blood and uh eternal covenant the new covenant what jeremiah designates as the new covenant in th- 31, 31 he describes as everlasting i guess what i'm reminded of though is that that previous verse we read the note and how it said that all of god's all of god's covenants uh I guess like like guarantee peace or speak to peace. Yeah. Right. Which we I mean think about that right. Like uh, I was driving home the other day and I saw a pretty perfect rainbow coming over uh, sixty eight eighty. Mm. Yeah. And then I went a little further and it was double rainbow. Whoa. So double covenant. <laughs> you know. But that that's a that's probably a pretty good example of of God making a covenant covenant and promising peace at least. As far as how he would would uh wouldn't destroy the world by water again, but he will with fire, right, but you're right he
0: i i guess I guess there is peace in that in the sense that God has kept his word mm-hmm. and so if God has kept his word, there's indication that God will keep his word, and if God will keep his word, then that's that motivates us. To Deal with conflict both internal and external the ways in which he says happen to be good Mm -hmm. Anything else I think that wrapped it up that that was a really good verse to end on yeah, I think it even said
1: amen (laughs) (laughs) All right, so that will I guess I'm gonna do a part two on peace which I had not intended to do but that's fine so that was, Do you think that part two will harmonize with part one? I, I certainly hope so. Do you so. think that we ought to have a four-part piece? <laughs> no, no, no. Two's fine. Two is okay. It's a power chord. <laughs> <laughs> so that was attribute. That was uh, the aspect of the fruit of the spirit, peace, as an attribute of God. The next time I lead, we'll finish up with peace as an attribute of Christians, and then you're up next week. That is correct. Any type of teaser? Well, next week is Easter. Oh. I guess, I mean, a lot of pressure. Then you better make this good. I also have to preach next week. Oh no!
0: So but, I'm I'm preaching and I'm leading the podcast next maybe,
1: week. Maybe I just go again then.
0: I mean, you could. You don't. You don't have to though. I mean, you, you don't have to feel that. I I can I can feel that
1: pressure. I can deal with the internal conflict. I can go again. It's fine. I mean, you could. Also, it we you're gonna be here, right? Everybody's gonna be in town. Is I'm, that, I'm I'm gonna be here. Okay. I mean, I'm preaching. I have to be here. You do have to be here. Yeah. Okay.
0: I mean, unless I zoom in from New Albany. Okay, well, if it's not too much pressure, can you close us in prayer? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Lord God of peace, who brought up Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant, Lord, may you make us complete in every good work to do your will, working in us what is well-pleasing in your sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen.
1: Amen.